All right, buddy, it's part two of our Bet Online Odds Extravaganza. Hit us with the beats. Oh, the odd cuppeth overflow and spills into a second episode where we talk about uh, coach of the year odds. What about rookie of the year odds? How about regular season MVP? It's it's a cacophony of information and speculation around the possibilities of what could be in the year ahead. And I accidentally stumble myself into a pretty good nugget for coach of the year. I, I think we did something oh, special yeah. today. You got all the way over there with that one. It's worth it. Uh, we're going to get into all of this. This is a really fun one. I uh, hope you check out part one as well. We're going to get into part two right now. But first, the theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Great. Welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. I'm Doug Norrie, the owner-operator of DFSR.com. If you need some DFS advice, go ahead on over there. Give a follow it at Doug Norrie on Twitter. And that's Adam Armbrecht. That's Adam Armbrecht on Twitter as well. He's keeping New York on lock. He's the host of the One Giant podcast with his boy, Andy Mack. They're getting ready for the New York football giant season right around the corner. Also, the voice of the Brooklyn Nets on Sportscaster. The guy wears a ton of hats, folks. How are we doing? Ready to get into some more bet online odds action and uh, <laughs> different stuff going into the season. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, you better believe it, man. The the, the odds spilleth over. Our, our, our cup was filled to the brim with just championship odds that led us down a, a few different paths yesterday. So we knew we had to come back in because they said bet online has everything. I mean, of course they do. If you're looking to bet on something, they have everything from the season MVP, coach of the year, rookie of the year, the spectrum. And this is a little bit different when you talk about you know the team odds for championships versus individual accolades, because by comparison of where some of these teams should finish, starting with, if, you, if you'd like to, sir, the MVP regular season odds, who do you think, if you knew in your heart, I know you've already seen the list, but would you, were you surprised by the regular season MVP hierarchy, let's just say... One through five. One through five. Did anyone surprise you there at the top? Okay, so um, just, I'll give the one. I'll go through one through five in case you're not looking at BetOnline.ag as we do this. Um, and just and just just to reiterate what something Adam said before. This is part two of the podcast. We talked a ton about championship odds uh, on yesterday's podcast. Went through uh, where the Nets stood around some of their teams that sort of stood out and surprised us. Kind of went you know a little higher level in terms of overall just NBA stuff after we went through where the Nets are uh, right now on BetOnline for. Going into next season, the regular season MVP odds, Luka Doncic is number one at plus 450. Then you get Steph Curry at plus 700. We talked a lot about the Warriors yesterday. Uh, Then you get Giannis (laughs) at plus 750. Then Durant at plus 800. And then Embiid at plus 850. Um, I thought that this was... There's actually one guy that's left out of this that I'm actually the most surprised about where he is. Um, that's it, so it's it's less about this list here. This list probably makes sense. Embiid seems a little high to me. I think um, Durant. Well, do you want to start with who I'm surprised about? Or do you want to talk about Durant first? Because I, I have two separate thoughts here. Let's start. Let's start with Durant because okay. I have. I, then I want to try to guess your lower ranked name that should be higher. So okay, start right. With, yeah, so Durant then, being there at fourth overall. Yeah. So and just real quick, James Harden is at a plus fourteen hundred, and he is ninth right now. Um, so Durant plus eight hundred makes it's interesting about how how MVP starts to get broken down here because if you are making a list of best player in the NBA, it would be you can just start 
you're going to argue about Durant. Durant's going to be in the conversation, right, already, okay? So um, I'm not going to give the rest of that list of who it is because I'm going to bury part of the lead here, I think, about where I'm going with who I'm surprised about. But the in terms of Durant, like no one's questioning how great Durant is, especially coming off the playoff run. So if you're making the list of just best overall player, um, he's clearly no worse than three, and that's in like that's if you went – really trying to dig deep and trying to figure out where he lands, right? Like, you're, there's no way you're going worse than that. But I think where Durant gets hurt is, frankly, that the rest of the team is so good, and he has guys like Harden and Kyrie on the team, and so the stats are not going to look as dominant as some of these other guys when it's all said and done because simply he just doesn't need to do as much, right? Like, Luka's end-of-the-year stats look amazing because he does literally every single thing for the team. Like he, like he does dribbles the ball yeah, the most, right. shoots the most. Like he, like he does, he does every single thing for the team. Steph seems a little high to me at plus seven hundred. We talked forever about the Warriors um, yesterday about how that's a very publicly thing to me uh, more than anything else. Like I just don't see a world where he's like the second overall favorite for the MVP coming off a team that didn't make the playoffs last year and didn't really make that many improvements. So that one seems a little bit weird. But I think overall, if we're trying to explain why, what the difference is. When you look at it and say, well, Durant's the best player, but why is he fourth overall? I think it really only has to do with the rest of the team and the fact that he just doesn't need to do everything. Like, he doesn't need to lead the league in scoring, right? He doesn't need to get all the rebounds. He doesn't need to do all that stuff. He's just got other superstars on the team that can do it. And if you're trying to look and like if the stats are really going to matter or your overall effect on your team is going to play such a big part... It just doesn't look like he needs to do as much. And that's really just a testament to how great the Nets made themselves as a team. Yeah, and I think that that's why I, I 100%, right? You're, you're, you're built for also when you're built to win a championship, you're less concerned about the regular season and you're more apt to allow other people to pick up that that pace for you, to carry the load for you for certain stretches. And then the old, the old adage of the NBA, a little load management for some of the superstars. And when you... I think, see, when, I, when you look down the list, I, I think the way that you just described that kind of rings true. Now, now Steph Curry... You say Luka Doncic, he's going to do everything. I think if the Warriors are going to be successful, Curry has to have an MVP type of performance. Dame Lillard is higher up there at plus 1,200 because he is the team in Portland. LeBron James is probably lower than he should be because he has AD and all this other stuff. The one that jumped well, out. Because, okay, stop right there yeah. with LeBron. Stop right there with LeBron because actually that was my next point. The, how LeBron is this low on the list is, is baffling to me. He was like, I need to go back and look where he was when he got hurt. He was running away with the MVP race last year. Right. Like, he was just the MVP. <laughs> like, uh, halfway through the season, he was just going to be the MVP. Um, now, do, basically, do you think that that's because they think up. about him again? Now you got Russell Westbrook and you load manage LeBron through the season, potentially? Like, do you think that these odds take yeah. that piece of it into account? I guess I wasn't thinking about the Russ piece, and that's crazy because we spent a while talking about that yesterday. Was not my intention. Was not my intention to throw you like Yeah, that. shoot, I instantly forgot that part. Um, that probably does play a bigger part of it. I'm going to walk back my indignation Moving around, on. around no, I still think it's too low I, it's too low there's no there's no world where LeBron and Dame should have the same MVP odds like, that makes no sense it makes no sense <laughs> right. there's at plus 1200 um there's no world where if you just looked at those two guys and said hey I need to bet my life right now around and I'm only I'm comparing them because they have the same odds I'm not saying like bet my life against like you know God, I don't think pick a guy out here. You know, Kyrie at plus four thousand or Durant at plus eight hundred. Like that's not a fair thing because right. the, the, the odds are totally different. I'm picking out two guys that have the exact same odds, and if your life depended on picking one of those two guys to win the MVP this year, is there anyone that's picking LeBron? 
<laughs> like it's like I mean, excuse me, yeah. anyone that's picking Dame, there's no every single person would pick LeBron at the same odds. So I, that's where to me. It just doesn't really make a ton of sense, and I probably forgot a little bit about the Russ. If I'm being honest, I, for, I forgot a little bit about the Westbrook thing. Probably stat taking away any like stat padding element that LeBron kind of had going for him. Also, in where he was a hundred, like was, was such an outsized role on the team. Which you are correct, he is not going to have that role as much this year. And how about main man Russ, fourteenth overall at plus twenty five hundred for MVP? He's even getting in the dance a little bit. The here's my well, that's a that's a, well here's okay. So hold on, let me stop you again. This is another one. Okay, before you say anything, remember no LeBron sense. and Russ are playing together. Okay, don't forget that. Well, and again, I'll do the other one: Russell Westbrook or Anthony Davis, because Anthony Davis is a plus twenty eight hundred. Yes, there's no like that. That one makes no sense because you you uh, Davis is it would be a clear MVP candidate i think just in terms of the way that team is going to run his defensive presence all this other stuff so this is where some of these like don't make total sense to me it's weird because you can't bet on negative outcomes like this on bet online like you can't short these stocks essentially right <laughs> like you can in, in, in the stock market you can short something you can short um a product by you know by betting on the number going down right like on the overall price going right. down you really can't do that in this market because you can't you can't essentially short of what you think to be poor odd construction. One, because it's binary. Only one of these guys is going to win. Two, there's just no real mechanism, at least on BetOnline, to be able to do that. So um, it becomes a little moot because you can't say, well, oh, well, if you think the odds are wrong, go bet on the ones you think are right. Well, it doesn't really work that way because you can't, well, you can't exactly make money off of a mispriced what you believe to be a mispriced thing. And I'm not blaming BetOnline. Like, they're, they're setting this by what the market does, right? It's not – this isn't them – sticking their flag in the ground and saying this is correct like they're going to move these things as money comes in you know one way or the other it just strikes me as it just strikes me as weird about where some of these landed are right, going to get to more of these odds here in a second first going to talk to you about our friends over at sweat block doctor created doctor recommended if you have been like me in the past that have dealt with sweating issues uh, maybe you're figuring out what to wear. It can be kind of a pain to choose out clothes. You're swapping out shirts more than you should. Speaking in public can be uh, sort of a real disaster. Don't worry about it anymore. You got to start using sweat block antiperspirant wipes. It's stronger, more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply put it on before you go to bed. The next morning you wake up, wash, go about your day. You don't worry about any of the sweating. It's guaranteed. I've used this stuff. I know it works. Like I said, dealt with this for years. Not anymore with sweat block. Sounds too good to be true, but it's not... No more picking shirts based on which one's going to hide the sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out SweatBlock now. Get it for 20% off at SweatBlock.com if you use the promo code LOCKEDON or you go over to Amazon and CVS where it's available there as well. SweatBlock, 20% off SweatBlock.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Not going to worry about sweating anymore. SweatBlock.com. And tell me if this sounds familiar. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite TV shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, you got your neighbor's best friend logging for some of the other good stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. It's one great way to finally get your TV together. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. 
Now, yeah, what I'd like to do is be able to put money on, say, LeBron James will finish over Dame Lillard in the MVP voting. I'd like to see Anthony Davis over Russell Westbrook. Right. That's what I want to get my money in on. Um, Now, the other the other one, though. So here's the surprise one to me. I was looking through the handful of these players. Um, I'm going to say the name Jason Tatum because I think it makes sense for him to be higher because he's a guy that's going to have to have a pretty big lift. The name to me, there's two that jumped out. But to me, Trey Young is the low one to me. Um, I was wondering if that's the guy that you were saying was a little surprising where he was spotted at beyond, you know, beyond LeBron, obviously, and talking about some of his other names. But when I think about, I, I know everything that Atlanta has going for them, and it's all terribly positive. And also, it very much, like Atlanta very much feels like Luka Doncic and the Mavs. Like, you go as far as your best player takes you. Atlanta, you're not you're not going anywhere without Trey Young. Like, he's going to be the engine of that team. I'm maybe a little surprised that he wouldn't be given better odds or maybe closer in that range of the Dame Lillards of the world and a little bit closer to five than, say, 10 or 12. Um, That one didn't strike me as wrong. I think he's probably still a little... I think he might be just, like, a little too high. Um, But that's maybe because I just kind of gravitate sort of some of these other sort of talents in terms of who I think have, like, MVP caliber type skill sets. Um, I think, if anything, for him... We kind of saw a diminishment last year of the need for him to do everything. Like as they brought in like Bogdanovich, um, and they got some other, you know, Lou Williams was able to give him something off the bench. Like they didn't need him to do as much scoring during the regular season as they had in the past. Uh, so that one didn't strike me as as odd. And I will tell you, um, like Jokic is plus sixteen hundred at yes. two, four, six, eight. 10th. He's 10th overall. That was the one. That's the one above him. He has the same odds as Trey Young. Dang it, I should have said that one. He was he he got like 91% of the 91% of the first place votes last year for, for MVP. Like he was yeah, he's a bum. He was so far and away the runaway. <laughs> like after LeBron got hurt, and it might have even been close anyway, because Jokic just was so dominant. He was the the far and away favorite for first play for MVP just last year. And now he's like twelfth or tenth. Like what? Why? <laughs> what? What happened to him? Like, he's got to look at. Not like he probably cares, but he's got to look at that and say, "Well, I didn't do anything." I mean, I guess Jamal Murray's hurt the whole year. I, he's not going to play a lot of the season. I, maybe that hurts Jokic's overall standpoint. This guy was an absolute. Just did every. Talk about guys that did everything for the team. He just did every single thing for his team yeah. last year. And by the way, you know, spoiler, won the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> and now all of a sudden, all these other <laughs> right. now all of a sudden, all these other guys are just way <laughs> above him. Like I just don't understand that this that one actually don't, I don't understand at all because you can just look at I can't believe I'm going to say this for the third time. He won the MVP last year and it wasn't even close. It was like one of the biggest landslide MVP victories like ever. <laughs> and and now he's like and nothing about him changes at all. And now he's just like the tenth guy. It doesn't like what world does that make any? It, actually, there was another one that I, I thought. Did I just miss something <laughs> like that happened to him? <laughs> like is he like not going to play half the season? Like what? I just don't. That one I didn't get at all. No, that one's pretty. No, that that, that was the other name I said. I saw Trey Young there, and I, I got caught up in the Trey Young spectacle. But no, I mean this is a guy that that literally is everything to that team, and, and that and that's maybe why when these odds first come out again, it's just. There, there, there's so much that's going into it and the speculation around we just did all of the the odds for championships and where are these teams going to finish. So how much of that is going to be based on how they finish the regular season? If 
you know, if Jokic is on a team that is only the eighth seed or, you know, is in the playing game, well, can he be in the MVP voting? Uh, you know, so sometimes I think that the the caveats wrapped up around these these percentages get a little bit tricky to balance. The um, the one spot I'll, I will say that I don't think it's so tricky to to move away from this and we'll see how the MVP odds play themselves out is uh, coach of the year. You know, this again, <laughs> I think there's a theme here. We talk about the Brooklyn Nets on this podcast, obviously, but the last two days, we also talk about the Golden State Warriors. Steve Kerr is leading the charge for coach of the year at plus 800, closely followed, though, by our boy on the bench for Brooklyn, Steve Nash at plus 900. Um, are you are you surprised by Steve Kerr? I mean, he, he kind of has the reputation for being someone who gets the most out of out of the team. You go back to last year, right? Maximizes player value. It, and, and is there anybody that you think should clearly be up top there with these two coaches? Um, well, you have to really start with like the best teams, I think. And it's like why I think Frank Vogel seems a little bit low. Why Billy Donovan is plus 1,200 and third on this list, I just can't even begin to tell you. I guess I think it's, there's going to be improve, like The Bulls will be massively improved this year, and that's going to sway a lot of votes. Um, I'm skeptical about that. We'll talk about that. Sure, they will. <laughs> I got an argument with someone on Twitter the other day. I was like, this team is going to be they're going to be so bad at defense. I don't think people really realize that. But um, anyway, no, the Kerr-Nash thing, I, I guess in the world where all the, all the Warriors seem to be completely inflated around what is going to happen for them this season i guess right i guess curse starts to make, <laughs> starts to make sense in that in that respect but only only taken in the context of everything about the Warriors seems to be overly inflated <laughs> a little bit here um now national plus nine nine hundred makes a lot of sense to me um i think you're gonna see like like vogel being there makes a lot of sense this one's a little harder to tell i like i said the one that stood out to me was about billy donovan at the third overall that'd be one that i was short just to like went broke i think um <laughs> like around him being the kind of being the coach of the year for the bulls because i it's like a world, world where they don't make the playoffs and so i just don't know how you right. can get that excited about it no but but look how close they came it will right? be interesting coach to the year, see billy donovan almost made the playoffs yeah i'm actually not, i like uh go ahead go ahead no no uh ima Adoka. Former former coach for the for the Brooklyn Nets there at plus eighteen hundred. So you know about tenth down the list there behind Quinn Snyder and you know I, I just think that Boston's coming off of a down year for themselves. A lot of issues around the team, injuries, COVID related and otherwise. I think that they're in this kind of revitalization mode, and also the bar has been lowered as far as where their expectations are. It, it was you thought that they were in that upper echelon in the Eastern Conference. Then the Nets make the moves that they do. The the Bucks are the Bucks. The 76ers keep getting credit, maybe, and now Miami Heat's are uh, Heat's kind of coming there too. I think that depending on where they finish the season in the seeding, you could be looking at him as a guy that overachieved based on where that roster stands right now. Yeah, I think that I think that that one I like. I think especially if he's able to like unlock something that other coaches haven't been able to unlock with the way that that team performs. Um, and I think that there's that's what it's supposed to be, right? Like a, a coach that takes a team and and goes a little extra, right? Gets to the next level. It's why like I love Steve Nash being up on this list, and also like you can credit this isn't a knock on him. I, I love him as a coach, but you can credit him for being able to manage the personalities and et cetera. But like, the bar is set at championship, so winning coach of the year on a team that is supposed to win a championship has to be theoretically like an easier lift to win a regular season coach of the year award than a team that's expected to not make the playoffs and then finishes fifth seed or a team that's supposed to be eighth seed and finishes third. Like those are the kind of movements that you can make over the course of the year. Steve Nash is if the Nets are the third seed, 
Steve Nash's odds plummet to nothing. Like, he gets nothing. He maybe gets argued as the worst coach of the year because the bar is getting set so high for Brooklyn. And this is why, you know, who won the the award last year was Tom Thibodeau because that exactly describes what happened to the Knicks, right? It was like the expectations are kind of low. They completely outkicked their coverage in terms of expectation when it comes to, like, where they actually landed, a fourth overall in the East. 10 games above 500. No no one really saw, even if you thought they were going to make modest improvements, no one saw that coming. He did like the most with the least probably in terms of the regular season, in terms of the overall just um, uh, like the lineup that he had and the players that he was using to be able to finish with that record um, was was pretty remarkable. So if, so from that point of view with the coach of the year, yes, it makes more a little more sense to have some of these other guys up the list. Uh, I would still say, like, the Bulls, to me, wouldn't fit that narrative, right? even, right? like, around the Billy Donovan thing. Um, <laughs> this is now Doug, Doug uh, Chicago Bulls is Doug's new Warriors this year. All it takes is for me to have something, like, a little bit look a little weird, and then I'm all in on being against it. So it's just, it's totally it's totally irrational. I, I totally get that part of it. But, um, yeah, so let's move up. We can move on to a couple more of these, uh, more of these awards. Now, the Nets don't really feature into some of these places that you kind of know they're not going to. So we said coach of the year obviously Nash is going to be in there defensive player in the year Nets don't really have anyone like this so they don't even have anybody that's in the running for defensive player of the year uh Gobert is still number one Simmons is two Giannis is three yada 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 uh so but the Nets don't really have anyone featured in there so I think we can kind of skip that one NBA most improved player I did take a quick glance to see if any Nets guys were on here they don't really have anyone that would qualify in this realm this is a very this is a really weird one because it's sometimes hard to figure out who would even qualify and what sort of it takes to be able to be the most improved. Uh, but Nets... Clax I mean, be the only guy on the roster, right? Like, the, you know what I mean? Like, the only guy that has any type of... That, that has a sample size. Because you could argue most improved players could be maybe some of the rookies over the course of the year, but they don't have anything to improve from. Like, he and that, that's the only guy though, the superstar Kevin Durant for most improved. Is, you know, it's possible. Yeah, well, I, right. Like these guys can still improve. <laughs> um, like you could you could argue that Harden improved in some ways when he came to the Nets last year. Yeah. Right? Like he was doing a certain thing in in Houston. He was only asked to do a certain thing. Everyone kind of forgot that he could do this other stuff. He came to a different roster and he instantly. I'm putting this in quotes. Improved um, off of what we had seen sort of in another iteration of him to remind everyone. Oh, right, this guy can kind of do everything. He was asked to do certain things in Houston yeah. that made the game look a different way. When he came to Brooklyn, it was asked to do a totally separate thing. He did that at an amazing level. So you can mark that as some kind of weird improvement. But you're right. Those the list of the guys, the list of the guys you can bet on for most improved players are maybe short of like Zion. They're not really superstar guys. They're they're it's like the, the top five, like Michael Porter Jr., okay, Shea Gillis-Alexander, I thought that one was interesting. Zion is three, Kevin Porter Jr. is four, I don't think he has a chance of that. Uh, and then Jaron Jackson, who can't stay healthy. But like the, the, my point being, the list is like mostly sixth men slash guys that are in their third year in the league and they're waiting for them to take the leap or something, right? Like that's the right. list, that's, that, that's that kind of list. Uh, you mentioned class, the, the Nets don't really have... And Clash just won't do enough statistically to get this anyway, so it w- it's kind of moot, right? No. All these other guys have the ability to sort of fill it up in other respects, and they and they just don't have it. We get to Rookie of the Year. We do have a guy that shows up on Rookie of the Year, uh, and that obviously is Cam Thomas. Uh, actually, we'll talk about him uh, right after this. Sometimes before the season starts, it can be a little weird to see some of these odds. One thing you never have to worry about, though, is the delicious flavors over there at Built Bar. There's something for everyone Coconut, raspberry, salted caramel, mint brownie, orange, cookies, and cream. 
These aren't ice cream flavors, folks. It's an actual protein bar. Good for you. Healthy, best taste in protein bar on the market. 100% covered in chocolate, and it's got the stats to back it up. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from just 130 to 180. Four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs. When these things come in the mail, the family goes running for them. Great for everyone. Uh, road tripping, snacks, get you filled up, give you some energy. Built Bar is the place to go. If you want to get on the Grasshopper Cookie, that's for those Thin Mint fans out there. It was the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, too, as well. Go to built.com, use the promo code locked on. You're going to get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. And it's that time of year again. All eyes are turning to football. Teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. Only a couple of weeks away, we've been talking to you about Bet Online. Basically, the last two shows, and Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now. At Bet Online, head on over to the website, sign up today, and you're going to receive a hundred percent welcome bonus for new customers. Make sure, be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, where you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Bucks and Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to twenty-five dollars for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Bet Online is the fastest and easy to, easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts. So Cam Thomas has right now plus five thousand. This is a guy, and he's I can't even count here. This is probably like twenty twenty third off twenty third in the list, something like that. Twenty fourth. Um, I'll count. I'll figure it out because they don't have it numbered here. I'll count as uh, as you're responding. Um, coming off what he did in summer league, would you have thought that he had a chance to maybe be higher on this list than? I think he's lower than where he was drafted. I'll, I'll figure it out as you talk. But did, did, he, did it strike you that he's so low down this list after what we just saw in Summer League from him? No, because for all the reasons that I, I hope I wouldn't deflate the balloon there, for all the reasons that we talked about, though, his performance in the Summer League was outstanding. Also, he's not playing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden, and it's not the Brooklyn Nets, and you're not trying to win a championship, and, and you just aren't going to be afforded the opportunity to showcase yourself in the regular season enough to win rookie of the year. You need to be on a bad team. Rookie, you win rookie of the year, play on a bad team, or you know, I guess there, there's probably been some examples of coming into a good team and then also being the primary ball handler, the primary scorer, you know, the number one go-to guy on those given rosters. So, you know, what, at best... Cam Thomas is going to come off the bench and, and play alongside Kyrie and Harden for stretches, but there's just never, I just don't think that there's ever going to be a world where he's playing enough and putting up enough of the stats that he's capable of, but being afforded the opportunity to do it, that you could say, yes, he's worthy of it over some of these other names, you know, Cade Cunningham's at the top, but Jalen Green and Suggs and Mobley, like these dudes are going to be playing maximum minutes. So that, that's, that's why they're uh, Cunningham and Green plus 275 at the top. Like they're going to be playing Every single game. Cam Thomas, we don't, we don't know how it starts for him. We don't know what his minute shares look like. So they, it, it's not shocking at all, as I think he, you said, I mean, I think it was the 15th pure guard taken overall in the draft, and he's he's well down the list. What what number did you get to, Doug? Okay, yeah, so I was I was wrong. I, I, I ballparked this wrong. He was 19th. Um, he was Ooh. 19th overall. So if you want to say, because like, okay, so if you look at the rookie of the year odds, 
it's mostly chalk based on where they were drafted to start. Like Cade Cunningham is one, Jalen, and they kind of shifted around just a little bit here. But um, Cade Cunningham is obviously the odds-on favorite. He's the number one pick. Jalen Green's the second overall favorite. He was picked number two, right? Like this is kind of what it follows. Uh, follows d- down the start when you start looking at the list. Suggs and Mobley are three and four. Yada yada yada. What you want? It, what's interesting though is when you start comparing where these guys landed to where they were drafted. I do think that's a little interesting because it's like so. Thomas is drafted 27th and now he's 19th overall. That to me strikes me as the recognition that probably even after watching Summer League that most teams made a mistake here, right? <laughs> like there's um, a, a mistake was yeah, made he, about where uh, where he was allowed to drop to because if you want to just take the difference in NBA Rookie of the Year odds compared to where they were overall drafted with the understanding that the top four remain the same and then things start to shift around, you would say, oh, you're already getting good value on Cam Thomas based on that because he's already essentially moved up the board. Again, this is like, this is this is a little, this is very dirty math here, but um, <laughs> but, like, but, but overall, overall you'd say point. there's a recognition that he's no longer maybe the 27th best player from this draft going into the season. He's now up to 19th, let's say, and I find that to be interesting. Yeah, last one on the list here is Zaire Williams at plus 6,600. He was taken 10th overall. Uzman Garuba taken ahead of uh, Cam Thomas. He's at plus 6,600. Trey Murphy, Quentin Grimes, Miles McBride, uh, Kay, uh, Kai Jones, Josh Primo, all these guys, uh, M- Moses Moody, uh, K- uh, Kispert, who's just behind Cam Thomas. Like All of these guys were taken ahead of Cam Thomas in the draft, and all of, like and to, that, it, it makes your point. Like yeah. This is the thing that we didn't get a chance to, and I'm going to save it for a later date about he's called a tease in the business, how many teams would immediately following the summer league look at Cam Thomas and say, yep, should have gone that way in the draft as opposed to whatever we did. Just on just on the summer league alone, how many teams would have rethought it? And these betting odds probably bear that out that, hey, this kid is going to be a better product than most of the players, a lot of the players taken ahead of him anyway, than people maybe, or teams, put face value on him at the time. It's sure seeming that way, right? Um, like at least at least to start, and we'll see what happens overall in the regular season. Another guy that does just is getting away from the Nets for a second. Uh, a pair in Sengun, he moved up. He moved way up. Like he's the fifth overall guy right now in terms of of in terms of rookie of the year odds, and he was drafted, I think, eleventh or something like that, twelfth. It was even lower. God, no, he was drafted sixteenth, right? So he was um, he was drafted by the Thunder sixteenth, but then went to the Rockets. The so if you're looking at, if in along, if you're looking for another player along those lines, it seems it was like right. really jumped. And look, some of this has to do with opportunity. If you get taken by the Rockets as opposed to like the Warriors who draft Moses Moody, the Rockets have much more opportunity for you to stand out, right? <laughs> like like you were saying before, there's many more chances for Singun to really kind of rack up some much needed you know stats and that you're just not going to find on. Like, yeah, the Warriors, maybe even the Raptors with Scotty Barnes, because these are teams that are a little more complete, have other NBA, a lot more NBA-ready players and stuff. But Singoon's all the way up, all the way up to fourth. Um, yeah, just rounding out some of the more of this list, uh, we talked about Rookie of the Year. They do have six-man. No one really from the Nets. Oh, no, I take that back. I take that back. You know who's, uh, he's out, ooh, two, four, six. He's seventh overall, Patty Mills. Oh, plus baby. I, I, plus 2,000 for six-man of the year. Found this one really interesting. Um because the I didn't like I wasn't really thinking of it when they when the Nets took him as a or excuse me signed him it it wasn't to me striking me as where some of these other six men on the list are like in terms of like what he's going to do statistically what were your thoughts on seeing Patty Mills here because he just didn't strike me as like 
I wasn't thinking about him as the sixth man, although he clearly <laughs> will be, right? He'll probably be the first guy off the bench. But that really wasn't where my head went with the signing of him. I don't know. What did you think when you saw Patty Mills here? Yeah, he's not... He's not your he's not your prototypical six man of the year, right? Uh, you know, Lou Williams, that's a six man of the year. This guy that comes in and shoots the lights out for you and is instant spark plug. Like Pat, Patty Mills is going to do all the dirty work for you when he when he comes into the game and he's going to score for you as well. But this almost feels like the the intangibles that we talked about at the time of the signing of Patty Mills, like that seems like that's as much as a part of of what's going into him being up here in these odds for sixth man as anything else. And I guess if you think about the Nets last year, and you know we talk about the superstars, okay, but then it was Jeff Green was incredibly important, and Blake Griffin was incredibly important, and everybody else, whoever else was out there on the court, wasn't going to be Joe Harris, regardless of the playoffs, but like regular season. I, I he doesn't fall to me into a six man of the year award, even though he's more prototypical than say Patty Mills would be. But it was all the veteran. And I'm talking veteran players in their 30s. You know, it was all the veteran players that really started to play the most crucial of roles. So I think Patty's spot on this list is a combination of his skill set and also the team that he is on. Like put him on another team and even a championship caliber team. I think he tumbles far, much farther down this list than where he is specifically on Brooklyn and the role he's going to play for them. Right, because it's going to be a more high profile. I mean, he was the sixth man in San Antonio, and no one ever, no one even considered him for that this award last year. Right, right? so like, like he was not a starter for San Antonio last year. He was clearly coming off the bench. And you're right, this is not. No one would even have. There was it wasn't even part of the conversation. So whatever. Um, but now that you're right, you, you slot him onto a team where his contributions are going to maybe be very similar to what he did in San Antonio. But now all of a sudden, be on a much bigger stage and much look like they're going to mean much more. Because if you if you look at who we've seen to be some of these six men in the past, it was like not maybe championship level team, but guys who are really either like microwave scorers off the bench or just so mm-hmm. dominant. We saw, you know, Joe Ingles was up there last year with Jordan Clarkson. Joe Clarkson ended up winning, but he was like, the guy was just an absolute, an absolute bucket every time he came in off the bench, right? The year before you mentioned Lou Williams and Trez uh, were there. I think Dennis Schroeder was there one year. I'm getting the years a little mixed up, but these were like were the guys that kind of ended up doing it because they were just so dominant uh, in terms of, you know, what they were able to contribute off the bench. And that's what this list looks like now too. It's Ingles at one, Clarkson at two, Kevin Herter at three. I thought that was interesting. Uh, but Derrick Rose at four, right? Like Derrick Rose is effectively the starter for them in the playoffs, right? Or just ended up starting. But if he's going to come in off the bench, he's going to come in and he's going to take a lot of shots and have a really high usage rate off the bench. Dragic, prob- pr- you know, primarily what his role probably now in Toronto is going to be somewhat similar to what he did in Miami, which is a very similar thing to that. And then you get Trez and that one, I don't know where that's built. I mean, I guess they think he's going to do it the same That, that almost surprised me. That, that name jumped out. I was like, Huh? Like it I just feels like it was just because like he, he like now, wanted to not compute to me. It kind of feels like he's just like wanted two years ago, and they're like, "Hey, we just got to have him on there." I don't because <laughs> like, right. like nothing he did last year would suggest that he should be there. Uh, but then getting Mills, like so for instance, Patty Mills versus Tyler Hero, I'd be much more comfortable. At, they're both a plus two thousand. I'd probably be much more comfortable betting Tyler Hero in that scenario because I feel like Hero will at least have the stats that has a better chance to have stats that that back it up or yep. it plays in a world where yeah he doesn't start but he ends up playing 34 minutes a game or something or 30 minutes a game even though he's not starting because we've kind of seen that happen with him i'm not sure by the way that's like it, if i was gonna throw uh kobe white i wouldn't at 3300 i wouldn't mind him you know it depending on 
I guess <laughs> once Billy Donovan wins Coach of the Year, uh, then we'll take it from there as far as Six Man of the Year award. I can't too, even do the would... Billy Donovan thing. I, I, can't, I just don't. And I, I like, <laughs> and I like Donovan a lot. And he was like, he was one of the reasons I, I ended up taking it back. But he was one of the reasons I actually thought the Bulls would be better last year because I thought their so, yeah. their coaching had been so terrible the year before um, that I was like, well, I can't. They they have bottom of the barrel coaching the, the year before, um, and then upgraded to Donovan. It didn't really work out that way, but. Um, Anyway, so now, now I'm going back the other way. I told you, I'm irrational about these things. I, I choose, <laughs> By the I way, this baller, as we tie a bow on this one, and we've been doing all the odds and everything since you talk, we touched on coaches again, I will say, I'll, I'll throw a couple of bucks down on uh, Greg Popovich at plus 4,000. I just feel like this is a dude, he's growing the wizard beard out there. It was, everything was impressive. Like, that's the kind of guy at the back end of his career here, if they are five games above 500, he should be coach of the year. So like, there's like some guys like that that I just think that's a career honor, right? That's a, that's a lifetime achievement award he gets this year, right? If he like if he like just like took a Derek White, Dejounte Murray, Keldon Johnson team and just like made them 500 and snuck them into the playoffs, yeah, you're right. Like, that's yeah. exactly the guy. That's that, that's a great. That, that's actually a really good bet. That's like because that's there's a world where everyone, yeah, he's way too low on this list. Now that I think about it, that's a great call. You should do that because um, he's. Because like, that would fit the narrative. Like you could get the Thibodeau narrow, narrative out of this one, right? As, as opposed yes. to like getting, I mean, like, like for instance, like uh, like Jason Kidd. Like that'd be interesting. He's at plus sixteen hundred. You know, shout out Xnet. Um, he like I like, <laughs> like I, I would much. I feel much better at, at, around around the narrative around Popovich, Popovich at fourth plus four thousand because he does. Because it's like the Julius, it's like, oh, like, well, Tom Thibodeau had like Julius Randle and RJ Barrett, and look at what he did with these teams, right? It's like, you don't get to be right. coach of the year when you have Luca, maybe. Right? The same thing with Nash. Like, do you get to be coach of the year when you have James Harden and Kevin Durant? How much coaching do you have to do? I love Nash, but <laughs> right. this is why these, <laughs> this is why some of these things get screwed up. All right. This has been a lot of fun. I love, uh, I love talking about this stuff. I could do, we could do the multiple episodes around just some of these odds uh, and ends. So shout out to Bet Online, who was able to put all this stuff up really early so we could start arguing about it way, way in advance of when anyone, <laughs> when anyone would really start uh, getting fired up about this stuff so uh, go give our friends over at bet online a shout make sure you use the promo code locked on at bet online uh, we will be back again later in the week talking some more brooklyn nets basketball in the meantime just make sure you like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts you better believe it man i don't know who said it specifically we're talking odds though so happy hunger games and may the odds be ever in your favor uh, one of the all-time great poets will be back again tomorrow talking more brooklyn nets basketball